This is Get Outside with Kids. I'm Jen. And I'm Kate. Life with kids is messy. You might as well take the chaos outside. We're definitely not experts, but we've tried a few things over the years, and maybe you can learn from our messy, muddy mistakes. All right, and welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. If you've been in the contact of children, you will know that sometimes, despite your best effort, things when you're outside don't always go to plan. Um, And if you have chosen today to do a hike or a trail or even just a loop around the block, at some point along the way, if you're in the presence of a toddler, that loving, wonderful age between, I don't know, two to it feels like forever, uh, there comes a point... There comes a point when your kid may decide they want to give up. So Kate and I are going to share some of the tips that we have used many, many times when our toddler has thrown themselves on the ground, whether that's five minutes into the walk or 50 minutes into the walk and decided they can no longer go on. It's kind of the worst fear of going hiking with toddlers is that they're going to just chuck themselves on the ground or run backwards. I've had that as well, where oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're hiking along and you've come up a big hill maybe and the kid suddenly says, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And they don't just throw themselves on the floor. They run back the other way. And if they're running down the hill, then you've got to go back down the hill and climb up again. My uh, partner had this the other day with our kid. He took her to do a big set of stairs. He thought it'd be a fun fitness challenge for them. It's called the Coquitlam Crunch around here. And halfway up, she threw a tantrum and she started running back down the stairs. He had to go back down and get her and then pick her up and carry her up the stairs. (laughs) Well, it turns out it was a good fitness challenge for him. Huge workout for that. But yeah, it's definitely like the the worst, one of the worst situations that you can be in when your kid is being so uncooperative and you don't have any options because they're either too heavy or it's just too far to carry them. So I wanted to share our three main tips that we have here and conveniently they all start with S. Yes. So today we'll be sharing the the three S's to keep your toddler or older children. I think I think a lot of these tips will work kind of across ages. Uh, but the three S's to keep your child, you know, motivated to keep going, whether you're on that hike or you're just trying to make it to the park or maybe you're trying to make it home home from somewhere um, and their legs have decided that they are too tired, as I often hear, my legs are too tired uh, you know, to, to go on, even though, of course, we know just like minutes literally ago, they were running down the trail and now they've hit that breaking point. So the first one I'll share is S for story. Um, and we have used this one a lot in telling story uh, with our kids. I'm not even sure how it came about the first time, but you know, you read a lot of stories to your kids, a lot of bedtime stories. So you're in the story mode with things. Um, And my oldest son really likes when we tell stories on the trail. And the stories typically go exactly like this. Once upon a time, there were however many children are on the hike, two, three, six children going on an adventure. And then we list all of the names of the children who are on the adventure with us. And then we say, and they're going on a big adventure to climb a big mountain. And we talk about what we see on the mountain. And maybe we we look at some of the trees that we're passing. Now at the top of the mountain, there's almost always a magical cave because, you know, who doesn't love a magical cave? There's a magical cave. And then I let the children decide, you know, what's going to be inside the magical cave? Is it a spooky cave? Is it filled with goals and jewelry? Are there ghosts inside the cave? But the purpose of this storytelling is really to kill as much time 
as possible. So you want to tell a long story. You want to fill in as many details as possible and get your kids or if you have other kids there to join in on some of the details. It doesn't really matter where this adventure goes on the story, but just that you keep the story going. Often I can do this for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And before you know it, you've made it to that next mile marker, you've made it to a rest stop, or you've made it back to the car park, thankfully. Um, And the kids haven't noticed as much because you've just kind of kept that story and that excitement going. So when in doubt, tell a story. You're on an adventure. There's a cave and there's some sort of mystery in the cave. That one seems to be the secret that works for us all the time. Uh, what about you, Kate? What kind of stories do you guys like to tell on the trail? I think you do a better job of telling stories than I do, Jen. And I was actually just thinking about this. When we have gone hiking together with our kids, you can actually motivate my kids more easily than I can some of the time. And so I think your stories, and from what I can remember, can motivate my kid maybe even better than your own kid. It's kind of that mummy effect, right? Where suddenly the kid, anything that their own mother says to them or their own father or their own parent or grandparent says to them is wrong and that makes them mad. But if they have a friend or, you know, uh, somebody else in their life who they know, who shares a story with them, who encourages them, who motivates them, can actually be much more powerful because it's not their parent. So I know that you've used this on my kids before. It's actually worked really well, which means I also don't have to come up with a story. (laughs) Even better. Well, that's kind of the beauty of it too. If you get one kind of storyteller in your group, like one parent, um, it's kind of nice because then all the kids kind of gather around the storyteller, which is also nice if you're um, managing multiple children at that time. So sometimes when we need a breakup between the big kids and little kids, or somebody needs to run ahead or somebody needs a little break, then we'll try and just, you know, spread out the group a little bit. So we've kind of got the storytelling group up at the front. And if the little ones are dragging behind, that's okay too. So like you said, it is also kind of nice for that, um, kind of a bit of a refreshing or if one parent is feeling burnt out and just needs to walk alone in the forest for a few minutes then we can do that too one of the big things that we talked about when talking about hiking with a baby and it's true with toddlers is going with somebody who you know and trust and sometimes if that part person is not your partner it's actually better because like i said the kids might respond uh, more positively to somebody who's not parenting them every single day the one that we probably use more is the second s which is surroundings so that's really bringing your kids attention to what is right around them. Again, same as with Jen's tactic with telling a story, you're just trying to distract them from the fact that they're actually putting one foot in front of the other and you're trying to get them to keep moving. (laughs) The last thing you want is them to stop. Actually, that's not true. The last thing you want is them to run around in the opposite direction away from you. Then the next last thing that you don't want is them to stop. So pointing things out is actually has been a really useful way for us to keep our kids moving. So that might involve something like, I wonder if we can find a rock up here. And if your kid's like two, they actually can get really excited by this. Remember the other day, Jen, we were actually at the beach with our two-year-olds Um, a rare occasion where we didn't have the older kids with us. Um, And I said to my two-year-old, can you find a rock to throw into the water? And she went, oh, yeah, yeah. And she started running around in that cute way that two-year-olds do. She ran about 10 metres to look for a rock, even though she was literally standing on a beach full of rocks. She could have bent down and picked one up from her foot. But, you know, that excitement of looking for something actually motivated her in that moment to run around. So that tactic can sometimes work when we're hiking where you say, can you find a rock? Can you find the next big tree? Who can find the biggest tree? When do you think there'll be a bridge? We use that one quite a lot in sort of on a bigger hike when our kid is sort of going, oh, I want to go back to the car. 
when will we go home? I'm tired. And trying to break up the whole hike into sections based on what they're going to see. So you might say, first, we're going to walk along the river, then we'll reach a bridge, then we go around the lake and we're back at the car. And, you know, those big kind of things, having it in their head so you can talk them through it is really helpful too. So it's setting that expectation. This hike is not going to go on forever, although it feels like. (laughs) It does often feel like forever. (laughs) It does feel like it. Um, And just bringing their attention to what they're seeing and what they might see around the next corner. Uh, The other day we were out hiking with with my four-year-old and I also recognise how many things she notices that I would just completely walk right straight past. I wouldn't even... It wouldn't even occur to me to stop and literally smell the flowers, but it would have been raining in the forest and the rain was falling off the leaves of the trees onto, onto all the plants around us. And it was making this most beautiful sound. My daughter noticed that sound and she stopped to listen to it. And I stopped too. And it's one of those moments of just like, adults don't normally stop and listen to rain falling, but it was really beautiful (laughs) moment and a good reminder that, you know, kids, Kids are uh, really fascinated by little processes like that. They can watch the smallest ant. They can watch the tiniest thing for ages. They can listen to what feels like nothing to us for a long time. And it can be a good distraction from the fact that they're putting one foot in front of another. Yeah, no, that's such a good point with uh, the surroundings. Because as adults, when we hike, I mean, I'm typically hiking for get to the peak often as fast as possible, or like, you know, we're hiking at a good pace. We're not typically, you know, stopping at every interesting leaf along the way (laughs) or every interesting tree branch. Um, And while sometimes it feels like you're going at a glacial pace with toddlers and kids, it does also bring, you know, your attention back to like, it really is beautiful. Like that leaf. Wow. That really is a different kind of leaf that I haven't seen before. Or like, Ooh, this really is a fun rock to look at. So even though it can sometimes feel like it slows down your pace. Sometimes as an adult, it's a good reminder, like that's actually why we're out here. We're out here to actually soak in some of these small details of the surroundings. Yeah. Once your kid, you know, when you're on a hike and the kid loses it and they throw themselves on the ground and say, no, 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 I'm tired. Or, I mean, this happened to me the other day about 50 meters from my house. No, I don't want to die. My legs hurt. You know, sometimes your instinct is to go, no, come on, stand up. We can go. Off we go. But that hasn't really ever worked with my kid and it's easy to get really frustrated. Generally just sitting down with them for a bit and just waiting until they calm down so you can talk them through it. So they come down from that like super reactive panicking brain state (laughs) into a part where they can actually think a little more rationally. It might be your only option. And sometimes while while you're helping them do that, while they're sitting there um, on the trail, you can sort of point out things around them to help them calm their minds down. Uh, my kid, one of the things that works with her is counting things when she's really, really upset. And I can say it sounds ridiculous because it, sound, it makes you sound kind of stupid when you're saying because your kid's going, no, I don't want to. I hate hiking. Why did you bring me here? And you say to them, I'm going to count the number of rocks in my hand. And you pick up a handful of pebbles and you go, one. <laughs> Two, Sounds soothing three. even to me, though. It makes me want to go to sleep just saying it. It's like I'm counting sheep. And eventually she'll go, four, five. <laughs> that's right. And what comes after five? Anyway, they're like little things of just bringing your kids' attention back to their surroundings, noticing what's around them and helping them to forget that they're upset about not hiking and that they hate it and it's the worst thing in the whole world and that they can actually keep moving. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Extra, I think that's like a bonus S, like sit down. Sit down. We could throw in there. Maybe there's four S's. Um, But that does bring us to our third S for this one, which will not be a surprise to anyone who's a parent out there, snacks. 
lots of snacks, but also secret snacks. So what we mean by snacks is yes, you're definitely going to pack a lot of snacks, a lunch, um, you know, depending on the length of your hike and when you're going. But in addition to that, you should also pack a few secret snacks that you will strategically hide somewhere in a different backpack, in a different pocket, wherever this is. And these are your last resort snacks. These are when the shit has hit the fan and you don't know what else you can do and no other, nothing else is working. You've tried the other S's and you're kind of like, oh gosh, I'm not sure we're going to make it. This is when you pull out the secret weapon snacks. So typically we have a secret weapon snack that's, it's, it's a special treat, you know, and you can define what that feels like for your family, depending on what a treat feels, uh, feels right for you. So it could be something as simple as a box of raisins, a small little container of chocolate chips, but just something that would usually be considered special to your kid. Maybe it's something they don't get that often. Uh, maybe it's something presented in a different way, like a, like a funny trail mix that has marshmallows mixed in, but just something again, that, you know, you can kind of whip out of your pocket when things are really not going well. The key with the secret snacks is they're small things. And like you mentioned with raisins, my kids or sultanas, as we call them in Australia, or as my little one calls them salty tanas, which doesn't make any sense. I don't know what a salty tana is, but anyway, they seem to think they're like a huge treat. So when I get them out and I say to them, Ooh, who wants a sultana? <laughs> Who can get to the next stop where we're going to have a sultana? They get so excited. And then you dole out, you know, one each. So we're not talking about carrying a whole lot of weight here. One each. And you say, here's your energy boost. And they go, oh, great, I want another one. You say, no, no, you have to get to the next signpost or to the bridge or to the tree. You've got to get keep moving and get to somewhere else. That's the next energy boost location. And it works really well with chocolate chips too because they're quite light. Um, my kids are obsessed with chocolate chips too. So that one can be quite effective. The other really good thing here in, in North America around Halloween is the little little boxes of candy, grabbing handfuls of them and shoving them with the back of the backpack. And then you find them for you know the rest of the year. Not so <laughs> yeah. common in other parts of the world to have those tiny little containers of Smarties. So those are really great as well. My, my four-year-old is very observant and she really likes to be involved in packing up when we go out which means that when we pack the snacks, she knows exactly what I have packed in the bag. So she says, okay, mommy, we're going to talk through the snacks here. We're going to have that peanut butter sandwich. We're going to have the chopped up apple. We're going to have the cheese. Okay, I'll get the containers out. There's no fooling this kid. Like if I say, if she says, I want a snack while we're out, she knows exactly what she packed. So I have to be sneaky and make sure that those secret snacks are stashed somewhere she can't see them because when she gets really, really upset, <laughs> she doesn't want to go on. She knows that I only brought a peanut butter sandwich, an apple and a piece of cheese and she, cause she packed it. So it's got to be something that's going to surprise her and snap her out of that state. Otherwise it's not going to be effective for us. And me and Kate often use the term energy booster when it comes to snacks as well. This has been really effective with her our kids where we pretend that the the special snack is an energy boost. And as we give them the snack, we're like, oh, oh my gosh, do you feel the energy going down to your legs? Oh my gosh. I wonder if you're going to be able to run really fast to the next tree or bridge or whatever it is. Um, and again, just kind of bringing that excitement and awareness back into their bodies because they've gotten this little special snack. Um, and that, that honestly usually works. And at the next bridge or the next tree, maybe they need another little energy boost and that gets you another 30, 40, 50 meters. Um, but the goal here, again, is 
building that momentum to keep them moving. Um, because when you're out on a hike, you do need to make it back to the car park at some point in the <laughs> day before darkness falls. Um, you and can so this is smell the flowers for only so long before you're like, yeah, okay, they're in there. the sun is the time. Yeah, I mean, here, here in winter, you know, the sun starts setting at four o'clock. So you've got a limited time to get back before darkness. So this is when you're whipping out those secret snacks and uh, you're using them, you know, and again, we try not to use them on necessarily every single hike. So it's not an expectation of the hike, but it's the kind of hike where we've, we've exhausted all other measures, you know, we're having a tough time for whatever reason. And so we have this little extra special energy boost just to, to push us through that last ending. I thought of an extra S, Jen, a stick. There is nothing Ooh. like a kid with a stick. And you know this with your kid who enjoys a stick, they'll normally bring sticks home and you start a collection at home. You have to start culling because there's too many sticks. A stick can be a great um, distraction for the kid and it can also help if you show them how to walk with it, with like a hiking stick. Suddenly they're walking without thinking about it. So that can be another one to grab from your surroundings and it can also involve a search through the forest to look for the stick. Except though, occasionally you really got to lay down the stick rules every now and again there ends up being a stick battle you know this case and it's then we stick, have to put the, it's not a sword yeah and then we have to put the sticks away and then there's crying because we had to take the sticks away because somebody got hit in the head with a stick so know your kid Jen, know that sounds they, like you've learned that one the hard way yeah know your kid and know if they can handle the stick i feel like my children they can't handle they can't have a stick Good tonight. I won't bring that up next time we're out hiking. Yeah. They, they try their best. I just think things devolve often quickly because this the sticks often get waves. They're trying to use the stick to point at a tree. Somebody walks in the way. Somebody gets hit in the head. Then there's retaliation. So I do think the sticks can be useful, but as you got to lose the ratio. Your kid to parent ratio there. <laughs> <laughs> I think overall with it, um, it's just there is no, unfortunately, no magic solution to keep a toddler hiking, particularly a toddler who doesn't want to hike and has had enough. And that's where it's just you need to go easy on yourself. You need to make sure you've given yourself some space to calm down yourself because we we know how frustrating it is when your kid doesn't want to hike anymore. Hopefully some one of two of these little tips can help you to keep that kid moving a little bit. Maybe it's a, just a really gentle hand on the back of their shoulder, just pushing a little bit forward, just taking an extra step, just a, making a little bit more progress. But know that it can be a challenge and that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. That's just toddlers. Yeah, I feel like between all of our hikes, we've probably had every possible challenge. Um, and yet we still want to go hiking. So sometimes even though you have a bad day, it's like, Often when I talk to my kids later on that day or the next day, even if they had a tough moment, they're always like, yeah, that was so much fun. Or remember when we saw that butterfly or, oh my God, we found a banana slug. That was so cool. So from a kid's perspective, they never focus on the, the 15 minutes where they didn't want to walk. They'll always remember the fun stuff. So, you know, with all of this, it's kind of like you push through those tough moments with some of these, you know, S tricks, um, because at the end, when I do look back on the photos, the memories are worth it. Tell a story, bring their focus to their surroundings, pack some snacks and pack secret snacks. Use sticks with caution, I think we've learned from Jen. And <laughs> just get out there and give it a go. Make sure you subscribe to Get Outside With Kids wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Get Outside With Kids. We hope you'll follow along on our journey.